episode seven of the complete bachelor by oliver onions this librivox recording is in the public domain episode seven three's company i had been told nothing about it but i would have wagered my boot trees that carrie and bassishaw had had a tiff in the first place carrie had invited me to accompany them to the opera when she knew that my acceptance was possible which was contrary to her usual practice my presence on such occasions had of late been not indispensable and these young people had gone about together with an aggressive air of sufficiency in each other's company that had insulated them from my attentions and led me to muse on the thanklessness of youth are you going out with arthur this evening my dear i had asked why yes rollo she had replied diffidently arthur particularly wanted to take me to st james hall it is a refining entertainment i haven't heard moore and burgess for a long time i think i'll come with you my sister evaded the main point and countered on the inessential it's not moore and burgess she replied it's a ballad concert on the banks of the wabash far away i answered a simple sentiment would suit me exactly this evening yes i think i'll come thank you caroline i should like you to rawl dear you know but your cold oh of course my cold i didn't know i had one but they had made a chronic asthmatic of me lately and besides rawl mr chatterton said he might call this evening i'm awfully sorry dear but can you come to-morrow to the globe matinee they knew my prospective engagements better than i knew them myself there was a trifling foolish committee meeting toward to-morrow and with that i had to be content but a tiff is the complete bachelor's opportunity and in the invitation to tristan i spied entertainment carrie had sunk gently on my knee and had placed a small finger through a buttonhole in my coat bassishaw had just called dressed with the immaculate precision of one who has made up his mind to sulk in his stall and had taken up a book on jurisprudence which i kept conscientiously on my table an imposing reminiscence of my younger days he watched carrie furtively over the top of it please rawl she said the finger working detrimentally through the buttonhole you know you love tristan and jean and edouard but three cannot listen to tristan i said whose hand am i to she came closer and a mute look in her eyes said that an irrevocable destiny had made of her life a blighted tract but my cold caroline i asked consumptively oh rollo you shall have hot rum directly you come in and i'll nurse you do come i acceded with secret joy on the condition of being spared the remedy she suggested then we will dine out i added we did so in a gloomy depression of spirits that was eminently desirable carrie's humour was not improved by the sight of a man at the next table apparently chastely minded but who took chutney to a grilled steak she has an instinct for dietetic refinements and looked on culinary barbarity as worse than untruthfulness i had to do most of the talking which i did i think in a naive unconsciousness of the summer cloudlet that loomed gloweringly over the party i spoke of youth 
i said heaven forgive me that it was the happiest period of life that when the heart smiled in love the skies had a blueness and much more of the same kind bassishaw grunted remarks on the transvaal prospect and for carrie's benefit muttered something about shipment of troops and leave-taking at waterloo i'm going to see about my kit to-morrow he added and drank three liqueurs recklessly three liqueurs is a great compliment to the girl you love for the very abandonment of careless devilry carrie tried feebly to show unconcern as to their effect on his constitution and i took coffee in huge enjoyment bassishaw tipped the waiter with imprudent extravagance hailed a passing hansom cab passing not passing handsome i ventured to observe but got no response and magnanimously bowed carrie and myself into the cab saying he would follow i told carrie on the way that i could not have wished a more desirable brother-in-law at the opera i modestly took the end stall of the three but carrie moved me along she then settled herself listlessly on my right while bassishaw who had arrived glowered at the side drums on my left he was utterly indifferent to the entrance of the conductor and the overture to tristan evidently brought no peace to his soul he fumed unholily and threw himself about in his seat in a way that drew a remonstrating remark from an ardent wagnerite on his left at the end of the first act he went out for a cigarette apologizing with formality as carrie gathered up her gown to allow him to pass carrie's pretty neck bowed a graceful aloofness when his straight back disappeared behind the curtain my sister throwing a slanting glance to see if he turned around i sought her eyes and leaned over speaking softly was it about your writing my literary little sister i asked she assented with a little gulp tell me my dear i said turning my back on the wagnerite next arthur's empty seat who was talking the cult rather stridently she told me in pure innocence of the conflict between literature and love she spoke of the devotion to work and the sacredness of a mission the dear little soul was going to enlighten the peoples and i asked arthur's opinion she said her breast rising Never till then had I realized the forgetfulness of love. Arthur's opinion on literature? And what did Arthur say, Caroline? I asked, composing myself as best I could. He said he didn't want women to be clever, and they had no business to be. He thought they only ought to be pretty, and I was only inking my fingers. Then I told him what George Eliot said, and he said i'd been reading half hours with the best authors and then you quarrelled yes arthur entered at this moment and stumbled back to his seat the wagnerite broke off gertrudemerung at the third syllable and i fancy arthur had trodden on his toes i had great sympathy with arthur i particularly liked his views on the art question but he would have to unbend to this poor little child on my right she had turned her head on her shoulder during the love duet and i could not see her face i held out my hand for her opera glasses and raised them to my eyes the lenses were wet with tears i suspected it i quietly passed them on to bassishaw with the message still moist upon them 
it is only once in a lifetime you see tristan through such a medium the next interval bassishaw did not smoke but remained in his stall he had heard the love duet too i turned to him that was wonderful music bassishaw i said yes he replied do you know butterfield i think it's awful fine by jove i can understand johnny's doing this kind of thing you know quite so i answered to the artist's soul i capitalized the words pompously with my voice to the artist's soul creation is not a choice but a need the french realize that in their word besonnier he was not listening and broke in you know butterfield a johnny must have a darned useful brain-box on him to do that that sort of thing it made me feel no end queer there's an awful lot in it don't you think poor bassishaw thought he understood the music but it was the opera-glasses that had fetched him he went on it's darned funny that a chap should do that instead of drill and depot work you know butterfield you know i always thought too confounded much of curves and trajectory and all that stuff i always thought a chap was a bit of a muff who fooled with music and verses and all that do you know the confession was not without a touch of the pathetic but i maintained a diplomatic silence after a thoughtful pause he continued do you think rollo do you think would would carrie ever do anything of that sort i i mean uh, something that makes a chap feel oh hang it you know what i mean what could i say my little sister was looking very miserable abstract truth is all very well i temporized well bassishaw it can't be done without trying you've got to stick at it the continual enfantement i know he interrupted sort of keep it up steady like these gunnery johnnies it must be darned hard do you know butterfield he said dropping his voice suddenly carrie and i we've had a kind of nothing you, you know but a, a, a bit of a split you surprise me i replied yes we have really and i think i was a bit of a brute he rambled in explanations which i punctuated with dear dear carrie laid her hand on my sleeve and i turned to her rawl she whispered do send arthur for some coffee i want to talk to you arthur was dispatched to find a waiter and i attended carrie's pleasure while she twisted her fingers nervously through the opera glasses rawl she said i'm so unhappy the wings of sorrow have brushed your life and left it an arid waste i replied sententiously hugely amused she didn't divine the raillery but surely rawl the heart is ripened through suffering she replied unconsciously yes i replied the separation of souls is not eternal those we love are severed from us in the flesh but in heaven she looked suspiciously but my face was very grave the waiter appeared with coffee and arthur resumed his seat this time without apology he was anxious to make it up but i didn't offer him my seat i wanted to see the particular kind of finesse he would adopt so lay low and watched him the music recommenced and caroline by some inattentiveness retained her coffee-cup which i believe she mentally identified with isolde's love potion 
bassishaw was revolving ways and means but the cup hint was not obvious to him isolde began the liebestod song while the head of the wagnerite beyond arthur was sunk in his hands possibly not to see the corpulent heroine whose presence was somewhat disturbing to the music the wagner hush was over all it was broken by bassishaw unable to resolve the difficulty he cut the knot his hand came over my knee and took the hand of caroline that was hanging in limp appeal nearest him she turned her face away but allowed the hand to remain it was all over and i leaned back to commune with my thoughts and to adjust my mind to the prospect of being once more a superfluity i say butterfield old chap bassishaw whispered to me do you mind changing places this is rather awkward you know it is conspicuous i replied but commendably frank i rather admire your way of doing these things bassishaw but we can't change now you'll have to wait your opportunity of giving me the slip in the foyer i've no doubt you'll attempt it it would do them no harm to wait a while End of episode 7